Greetings to all the precious saints of Clearwater Church. I pray to the Lord that you are all doing well and that God has been meeting you during these challenging times that we've all been going through. There are many scriptures that we could look at to encourage us during challenging times, but keeping with the latest theme of the study in the book of Psalms, I would like for us to look at Psalm 27 together this morning. This psalm is written by David during his younger years, perhaps as young as his early 20s before he was king. The psalm refers many times to David's enemies in several different verses and occasions, so we can say that he was clearly distressed by those who were determined to destroy him, either by laying hands on him or by other deceitful means. What we will learn from this psalm is that when we put our confidence in him and abide in him, we can be preserved from fear. So let's start off by reading verses 1 through 3 together, which say, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Many times in life we face difficult trials, such as these that David was speaking of, or sometimes worse. And we are in the middle of those trials, it can seem very dark, almost like we are alone. Well, I want to encourage us all this morning that we are not alone. Even at home in isolation, we are not alone. The Lord is with us. He is our light, even in the darkest of trials. It is to him alone that we can turn to for salvation in these trials of life. Trials can also bring fear. But the scripture encourages us not to be ruled by fear. In John 8, verse 12, Jesus said that he is the light of the world. He also said that those who follow him shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. David knew that the Lord was his light, and he would shine through even in the darkest situations. David also had a tremendous confidence that no enemy could prevail against him because the Lord was with him. David was following the Lord and walking in his light, and he knew that no darkness, no enemy could prevail against him. There were times in David's life when he was literally surrounded by the enemy. But this did not cause David to fear. This actually caused David to renew his confidence in the Lord. He knew he could trust God and was not ruled by fear. He actually said, they will stumble and fall. Even at this early age, David had already faced a lion, a bear, a giant, as well as other armies in battle. He had seen the Lord work on his behalf before, and this gave him confidence. He said, the Lord is with me, and even though a multitude is against me, I will not be afraid. I am confident in him. David was able to have such trust in the Lord and such confidence in God moving on his behalf, not only because of his past experiences, although that did help. It really was because David only had one desire in his entire life. It was not to live. It was not victory. It was not even to be king. Let's read about his one desire in verses 4 through 6 together. David wrote, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. And now mine hedge shall be lifted up 
above mine enemies and round about me. Therefore will I offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. David had already allowed the Lord to work in his life to the point where nothing else mattered but being in the Lord's presence. In David's situation, surrounded by the enemy, pursued by Saul, he was anointed to be king, but having to wait, it would be perfectly understandable for someone in his position to desire either to have the Lord vanquish his enemies or call Saul to leave him alone, or better yet, make him king as he promised. But that is not how David prayed. That was not David's desire. He said his only desire above everything else was to be in the presence of the Lord. David demonstrated a principle that I was taught many years ago, and that is the fourfold keys to victory in life. Number one, he had singleness of heart. Nothing else mattered but being in God's presence. Number two, he not only wanted to be in God's presence or to visit God's presence, he wanted to abide there. He wanted to live there. Number three is he was constantly meditating on who God is, his character, his nature, and was striving to be like him in every way possible. And finally, number four, he inquired only in the temple of the Lord or was only guided by godly counsel, not the counsel of men. David's singular focus on God, his character, his laws, this all enabled him to be victorious in many different situations throughout his life because he was always looking to the Lord. And he was only motivated by pleasing him and dwelling with him. His entire motivation was to be in God's house. Now, why was David motivated this way? Well, first of all, he loved the Lord. He loved his presence and he wanted to be where God is always. When my wife and I first started dating, we lived about three and a half hours away from each other. And I would drive to see her every weekend because I was in love. The travel didn't bother me. The lack of sleep didn't bother me. Nothing was more important than being with my beloved. When we love someone, we want to be around them forever. And that was David's one desire because he loved the Lord. He wanted to be in his house where he is. Another reason for David's desire is found in verse 5. He said, in the time of trouble, he will protect me. The verse says he is hidden under God's pavilion. And that has the thought of being under outstretched wings of protection. Another similar verse is Psalm 91, verses 1 through 3, which say, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. The reward of those who wholeheartedly follow the Lord is that we are in his presence. But also because we are in his presence, we are also under his protection. He watches over us. He keeps us from the attacks of the enemy. Nothing can harm us because we are under his outstretched arms. Now, David knew he was protected. His trust was in the Lord and he was not afraid. But that doesn't mean David wasn't in a difficult situation. Let's go back to Psalm 27 and verses 7 through 9. And we'll see that he was very much affected by this situation. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou said, Seek my face, my heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. 
Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. David was clearly distressed. He was feeling the pressure of his circumstances, and he was crying out for God to hear him, to have mercy on him, to answer him. His trust was in God, but he was still crying out until he realized the breakthrough that he needed. He is also asking God to remember the times when he responded and sought the Lord when he was instructed. David was quick to seek the Lord when the Lord called him. This is also an example to us because there are many warnings in Scripture that there are appointed times when we should seek the Lord. We must be quick to respond when the Lord calls. We do not want to miss our day of visitation. David was crying out to the Lord, Please do not forsake me. Don't hide your face from me. You are my only hope for help. In verse 10, he says, When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Those who want to go on with the Lord will often face rejection along the way. It is inevitable. Sometimes that rejection can come from close family members. Many of us have faced that in our past, and it is difficult. Even the Lord Jesus faced rejection from his family. It says in John 7 verse 5 that his own brothers rejected him while he was on the earth. But this verse encourages us that when that rejection comes, we can cry out to the Lord and he will be there to take us up. He will comfort us and he will be with us. I have learned throughout my years that when I'm facing a difficult challenge, whether it be spiritual or at my job or even just in a project that I'm working on at home, oftentimes the simplest solution is usually the best solution. David prays a similar prayer in verses 11 through 13. He says, teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When we are in the middle of a trial, the will of the Lord can seem obscure or clouded or even complex for us to grasp. Here David is saying, Lord, teach me the way out and make it clear, make it simple. My enemies are all around me, and I do not want to miss that way out. The Lord will make his way clear to those who have a heart that is tuned in to listen to him. The constant attacks of the enemy can also be quite draining. David lists several challenges he was facing at this time when he was writing this psalm, including now in verse 12, false witnesses that were speaking things that were not true about him. In it all, David is not looking to defend himself. He is looking to the Lord to be his defense. Trials and other difficulties, whether they be physical, mental, emotional, or all the above, can certainly make us weary. And David said in verse 13, I might have fainted. Many times we can feel that way, can't we? Lord, I do not know how much more I can take. But then David said, unless, unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord, not in eternity, but now, in the land of the living, if it were not for his faith in the Lord that caused him to believe, he might have given up. God wants to show us his goodness, not just in eternity, but in this life. And David had obtained some precious promises from the Lord. And they were what kept him from feigning during the trials and the difficulties. He trusted in the Lord's goodness. It's almost as if he said, Lord, you would not have promised me these things only to cause me to be killed by my enemies. I believe in you, so this will pass. I know you will deliver me. The promises that we've obtained from the Lord 
Keep us steadfast during the trials of life. Many have received precious promises that have yet to be fulfilled. Hold on to them. When a trial comes, remind yourself, this can't be the end. I cannot give up. The enemy cannot win because the Lord still has to fulfill this promise. We must never allow the pressures of the trials that we are facing to cause us to lose sight of the wonderful promises that God has given us, not only for eternity, but for this life. Finally, David ends the psalm with an exhortation. He wrote in verse 14, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. This thought of waiting on the Lord is not like we're sitting there and looking at our watches and saying, Okay, Lord, I'm ready when you are. Although we can feel that way sometimes, though, can't we? Waiting on the Lord is coming into his presence and waiting for him to speak. You would never just barge into the throne of a king and start talking. We must wait to hear what, what the Lord will speak, and we must wait for him to speak. When we are in a trial and seeking out direction, seeking for the answer, looking for the way out, that is the time to listen and not to speak. Remember that he will strengthen us. He will restore us, but we must be willing to wait on him. And this must have been important to David because he said it twice in the same verse. And sometimes we need to hear things more than once for them to seek in. Waiting on God is where we find renewed strength to endure the difficult trials. As we know from Isaiah 40, 31, those who wait upon the Lord will have renewed strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They will walk and not be weary. They'll run and not faint. So as we close, I'm sure many of us are going through difficult situations where it may feel like we're surrounded by darkness and almost like we're alone, whether it's physical, emotional, or even at home or at work. Be encouraged this morning by this psalm. First, you're not alone. You're never alone. The Lord is your light in darkness. He is with you and will protect you. He will speak to you and give you the answers you seek. But remember that when we need direction, the best thing to do is wait and listen. Next, remember the singular focus of David. Nothing mattered to him but being in God's presence. That's where he found his comfort. He placed his trust in God, and God fought for him. Because God fought for him, David had nothing to fear in this life. God bless you.